You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. All right, now next Wednesday, here's what we're going to do. Everybody's going to move up four rows next Wednesday. Look at this gap right here. Goodness, all right. That's okay. Just, just four, maybe seven, but that, just a few. All right, a couple rows there. Who needs a fill-in-the-blank sheet tonight? Anybody need a fill-in-the-blank sheet? Okay, we got a family situation going here. We need a right down front. Anybody else? Fill-in-the-blank sheet. Okay. Several here. All right. Anyone else? Okay, how about a pen? All right, let's whine. You're allowed to whine for the next 20 seconds. Who's tired tonight? Goodness. Anybody else? I'm exhausted. You guys had a head coffee. You're like, I'm fine. I'm doing good. All right. Same people waiting for a... All right, good there. Awesome. You miss anybody? Good deal. Ecclesiastes chapter number nine. Man, we are moving through this book. We are close to the end. And uh, just a couple chapters left. We're going to take 10... Ten verses out of this chapter tonight, and then do the rest next week, and uh, then we'll be in just three three chapters left. I want to speak tonight on a light subject. We don't have the screen. Of course, Josh and Alyssa are with our seniors going to New York with all the smoke inhalation and everything they're facing there, but... uh, and so you're going to have to actually listen, and, and of course I know you do, and I'm going to give you the words to fill in, okay? So here's the title, just a real simple message tonight, encouraging message. The title is about death. Death is the word there, about death. Now, that, you know, that's... Not very encouraging for what it sounds like, but remember Solomon is talking here in the theme of the book, the emptiness of life without God, and how he searched and searched and searched for the meaning and purpose of life, and he looked at wisdom. He said, if I gain all the the earthly wisdom there is, am I going to have a fulfilled life? The answer was no. He looked at uh, pleasure. He said, if I just live it up and and live the way I want to or whatever, uh, what the world thinks is... uh, is good and pleasurable, will I have purpose? And he said, no, that's, that's a wasted life. Treasure, how about treasure? I'll try treasure and pleasure. And No, then he tried several other things. He, looked, he starts looking around and saying, where can I find people living right? And uh, he wasn't seeing it anywhere. And uh, he, he begins to, he doesn't have a fatalistic view, but he begins to say, you know what I found is that God just tells us to enjoy the life that we have. And uh, he's covering different topics now and kind of reflecting about things. And really the topic tonight is about death. And so he's going to speak about death a little bit here this evening. So let's read the scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Verses 1 through 10, and we'll pray and dive in this evening. For all this I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean and to the unclean, And to him that sacrificeth, as is the good, so is the sinner. And he that sweareth, as he that feareth an oath. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun. That there is one event unto all. Yea, 
Also, the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. So that's what he's saying there. The one event that happens to everybody is that everybody eventually goes to the dead. Everybody dies. <laughs> Encouraging tonight, right? For to him, hey, just the best thing, you know, you're having a rough day, guess what? You're going to die. So, I mean, like, that's not, that's not the, but, but we, we use this. Why is he saying this? That's a, that's a sober topic, Pastor. Why are you talking about, about death? Because sometimes we need to consider it. It's in the Bible, there are times to be sober, to be serious. And so we're looking at that tonight. Verse 4, for to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also, their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white, and let thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun all the days of thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life, and in thy labor which thou takest under the sun. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. So again, just reminding you that uh, death comes to all. And why is he saying this? We're going to get into it. There's a point to all of this. Now, verse 10 is a very famous verse. No doubt you've probably heard that verse, but have you ever heard it in context? And so tonight, that's what we're looking at. Let's pray together and we'll dive in. Father, I pray that you'd bless our message tonight as we look at your word, as we try to figure out what is this about and, and what does this mean for us and what is really being said here. Give us wisdom, give us insight, and the Lord, help us to take the message tonight and use it in our own lives to see uh, a change in us to be more sober about life and to take it more seriously. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I forgot to say, it's good to have my mom back with us. She's in town, and I uh, got some family in town, been traveling through the state. They're headed out in two days, but uh, always good to see mom. And no, you don't have any stories for her, okay? I just want to help you with that right now, all right? But uh, so good to see my mom. Uh, and, and let's look at uh, the first thought here. Thoughts about death. And uh, write this in if you would, please. First of all, Encouragement number one, death is unavoidable. Death is unavoidable. Verses one through three, let's look at it again. For all this I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God, God's in control. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. What's that saying? No man knows love or hatred. Well, he's saying nobody knows the future. Nobody knows how they're going to be treated. Nobody knows if tomorrow you're going to be treated with love or tomorrow you're going to be treated with hatred. You can't know uh, all that is before you. You can't understand what you're going to face tomorrow. There are things coming your way. It could bring love. It could bring hatred. There could be friendship. There could be separation. There could be life. There could be death. Now, that doesn't mean that as Christians we should just despair over the future. I don't know what's going to happen. It's probably bad. My glass is half empty, by the way. You know, it doesn't mean that. But look at verse 2. All things come alike to all. So all of these bad things, we see, they happen to everybody. They happen to 
bad people to happen to good people. We see blessings. Blessings come to good people. Blessings come to bad people. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean and to the unclean, to him that sacrificeth, to him that sacrifices not. As, as, is, as is the good, so is the sinner, and he that sweareth as he that feareth an oath. So he's saying, it's a further point showing that you cannot figure out the future. Everything that one person goes through, maybe not the exact details, but blessings and burdens, everybody has the same. And so there's a suggestion here with verses 1 and 2 that we cannot always see God's favor or displeasure by the events in our life. So what does that mean? Sometimes things happen to us and we can interpret it wrong. Sometimes we look at situations in life and we, we guess whether God is favoring us or God is uh, cursing us in some way or disciplining us. And that's not always the case. You can't always tell uh, God's uh, uh, disposition by what happens, looking, you know, we can look at the tea leaves, so, so to speak, but we can't always see it. it. It's not like you can walk outside and st- in the morning you start your car and the car doesn't start. God's mad at me today. My car didn't start. Then it starts. God's happy with me again. Then you get on the freeway and there's traffic. Man, God's mad at me today. There's an off ramp. God's happy with you. You can't just judge everything that you're going through by. God's happy with me. God's not happy with me. That's not, that's not how it works. Now, I do believe, I do believe that as a child of God, you can certainly know when your father's disciplining you. You can know that. I'm being chastened because I know I'm not right. I know I'm doing something wrong, and I understand, God, you got my attention. That's chastening. And I do know that you can pray and see answers to prayer. Say, oh, that was just a blessing from God. I understand that. But trying to figure out God's mood towards you based upon what happens is just not how it works. We know God loves us, we, and he deals with us as a father. If you're a, I'll say this look at verse 2 again there. We may be tempted to think that you know, if all things come alike to all, there can be a temptation in us to say, well, if I as a Christian live right and I don't get blessed and unsaved people live wrong, they don't get blessed. Why should I live right? If, if all these same events happen to both, then I should just live like the unsaved live. Well, fill this in, if you would, please. We, we may all die the same here, but we will not all live the same in eternity. We may all die the same here, but we will not all live the same in eternity. Just when you think you've got God figured out, I'm going to tell you, he changes. Now, he doesn't, he's, he's an unchangeable God, but his methods the, and the why changes. Why? Because you can't figure out an infinite being, an infinite, almighty, omniscient being. You can't do it. But sometimes we think, well, God's mad at me for this, and God's, uh, God's blessing me. Look at this. And, and uh, God's good to people. The, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. But the, the whole point of this is, is the one event that comes to all. The one event that comes to all is death, as it says at the end of verse 3 there. It is unavoidable. It is unpredictable. We don't know when we'll die. Death, it says, uh, someone said death is not an accident. It is an appointment. 
I read a story about a 21-year-old boy, who, a young man, I should say, who was fishing off the coast of Sri Lanka. He was out on a boat fishing, 21 years of age, and I didn't even know what this fish was, a fork-tail gar. I don't know what a gar is, but a fork-tail gar fish jumped out of the water, and its fin sliced the young boy's throat, the young man's throat, and he bled out and died. 21, a fish jumped out of the water, and its fin sliced his throat. He's out on the, on, on, it's unpredictable. Who would have guessed that? I read another story about a young man, 22, 23 years of age, who was studying in his dormitory. And he was studying for a test or something, didn't know that he was about to die, got thirsty, went out to the, uh, the, the vending machine, put money in the vending machine, waited for his soda, we would just call it Coke. Everything's a Coke where I come from. Amen, Mom? Yes, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and you say, what kind of Coke do you want? Sprite. Okay? Every, there's no soda. There's no pop. You know, it's Coke. Anyway, so he goes out to get a drink, and the, he puts his money in, pushes the button, nothing comes out. So he shakes the machine. The machine falls on him, crushes his internal organs, and he dies. He didn't see that coming. Oh, we've got story after story. I read a story about a man who was, uh, he had a rattlesnake in his yard and he took a shotgun. He didn't want to shoot the snake. So he took the shotgun, the butt of the shotgun, and started poking the, poking the snake. The snake wrapped around the gun and pulled the trigger by accident and killed the man. I mean, like telling those stories at the funeral. Did you know that years ago we had Pokemon Go? And we would have teenagers come to our church because they had a cell phone saying that there was a fake dinosaur, at least I hope it was fake, on our property, and, our, and it was a haven or a home or a whatever, and if they brought their phone to that location, they'd get a special Pokemon dinosaur. You know, there were people, literally, you can Google this, that died because they went up onto a cliff or something to find one, and these teenage girls fell off and died. What a way to go. What a silly way. That's heartbreaking. What I'm saying is, death is unavoidable, but death is unpredictable. And uh, so, why am I saying all this? Because death comes to everybody. It's the last enemy, but we all have to face it, but some people don't want to. I mean, no one wants to die, but I'm saying some people don't want to accept the reality that death is. We say things like, they passed on. They're no longer with us. They, uh, you know, uh, uh, went home. They went to sleep. They, they passed away. And, and I understand there's nothing wrong. You don't have to say they're dead, dead, dead. You're dust now. You don't have to say that. But we also can't deny the reality of death. Say, so why is this important? Okay, fill this in. This is why. Why should we think about death? Why is Solomon having all these words about death? In order to take life seriously, you must take death seriously. That's why. In order to take life seriously, you have to take death seriously. Someone said, the only way to be prepared to live is to be prepared to die. So what does death do for us that are still alive? It says, you better live right. It says, get your act together. It says, make something of your life while you can. So death is unavoidable, but secondly, would you fill this in? Life is valuable. Life is valuable. Just quickly here, verses 4 through 6, 
It says in verse 4 there, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. I don't know. I think if you, right now, if you want to take our dog and, and give me a dead lion instead, I may be happy, to be honest with you. I'll just tell everybody I shot the lion, you know, or killed it with my bare hands or something. But anyway, sometimes that dog, I'm ready to, I'm, I'd trade him in for a dead lion just about every Monday. But anyway, um, I love him, I think. But anyway, no, I do love him. But uh, in the Bible, lions were held in high regard. And nowadays, like, people marry their dogs, you know, these weirdos or whatever. But, but dogs were despised in Bible days. Dogs were, uh, you know, David, when, when David was on the run, he said, why would Saul come after this dead dog? Just the despised of the despised. That's how David viewed himself and was saying, why would the king need to kill a dead dog like me? Dogs were not viewed like they are now, you know. There was no... PetSmart where they're, you know, taking your dog and, and primping it. That's not how it was in Bible days, okay? Look at verse 5. But what he's saying there is life is better than death. Verse 5, for the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. So he's saying the living know that death is coming, and the living can still change their lives and live accordingly. But the dead people they can't change their decisions anymore. They can't gain further reward anymore. They can't earn any more uh, crowns in heaven anymore. They can't live wisely anymore. They, can't have, they don't have the influence that they had anymore because most of the time the memory's forgotten. So uh, write this in. The bottom line is that while you're living, you still have a chance to earn rewards. Rewards. Life is valuable. You could be earning rewards right now. Verse 6 says this, Also their love and their hatred, their envy is now perished, neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. So the dead, earthly speaking, they have nothing left to do or to achieve here. Here's the lesson. Write this in, please. The lesson here is to take the opportunities given to you. Take the opportunities. When you die, you got no more opportunities. When you die, there's no more rewards to be earned. When you die, you can't help somebody. You, you, we've got our homeless ministry going out this Saturday. Hey, after we die, we can't do that anymore. We, we can't pass out tracts in heaven anymore. Everybody's saved there. We can't witness for Christ. We can't counsel. We can't encourage. We can't share the word of God with people anymore. You, you, you don't need to pray because Jesus is right there. You don't need to show your faith to God because he's right there. So what I'm saying is it, it, we need to, if we take death seriously, then we'll take life seriously, and if we take life seriously, then we'll seize these opportunities that God has put in our path. That's why it's important. It's valuable. Now, we can sit around and, and hope everything will turn out in the future. Now, everything's just going to turn out right. Or we can get busy living the life that God has given to us. Good. I'll wait for an amen when I need to. You can wait for years. And say, well, one day I'm going to get my life together. And then years pass, and you're like, okay, that's it. Tomorrow I'm going to get my life together. And you could die that night. You could. So don't wait. You know, some people are living, but they live as if they're dead. They're just living a slow death. They don't do anything. They never accomplish anything. They never go anywhere. They don't make memories. They don't influence. They don't help. They, they do nothing for God. They're living a death. They're living a slow death. And that's not the life God wants for you. That's not the life God wants for me. He wants you to live your life. He wants you to make a difference in your life. 
He wants you to take death seriously. That's why he doesn't tell you when you're going to die and take life seriously and say, hey, I'm going to take these opportunities that God has given to me. Y'all with me tonight? Okay, Verse number three here. Life is valuable. Death is unavoidable. But number three, life can be enjoyable. So death is unavoidable. Life is valuable, but life can also be enjoyable. You don't have to suffer your way through it. I love these last four verses. Let's pay attention to the last, uh, the, the last part of this message here when we'll be done. Verse 7, go thy way, eat thy bread and, and, and with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. I like that he says, go thy way. What's he saying? Get up. Get up and, and, and don't sit around and complain and, and sulk about things. Get up and go do something. Go enjoy your life. Go, go live your life. Get up. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, drink thy wine with a merry heart. For, now, for God now accepteth thy works. So first thing here, what do we enjoy? He says enjoy contentment. Write that in. Enjoy contentment. For God now accepteth thy works. I think I put for God no accepteth, but it's supposed to be a W there. For God now accepteth thy works. What's that saying? In other words, God, in other words, God approves of these things. God wants you to enjoy life. Listen, what kind of father, what kind of father wants his children miserable all the time? Not God. I don't think life's a party. Life's not always fantastic. Life's not always, you know, I never have a trial. No, life is difficult. I get it. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy the life God gave you. Enjoy contentment. God says here, uh, through, through the word of God, uh, to eat thy bread with joy. Those of you on keto or something, it says to eat bread. Goodness, taking the Bible and twisting it, some of you heathen. But eat thy bread, drink thy wine with joy. Now that's not saying get drunk, don't take that. Crushed up grape juice is wine too, so let's understand that crush up grape juice, crush up grapes, which makes grape juice is wine, but it's saying, hey, enjoy, look, God gave us some wonderful things, how many of you have ever had pokey, a pokey bowl, what, that's the best thing on earth, God gave us that to enjoy, you know, I told Brother Jess tonight, Martinez, I said, I live my life around food, basically, you know, like, I you know, what are we going, what are we doing tomorrow, what I mean by that is, where are we eating tomorrow, you know, like, that's how I, how I think, and and uh, I've already got my family in town. I've talked about pokey like four times to my poor mom, you know. So how are the kids? Have you had pokey? You know, like, it's, it's, I need to be better at that. But uh, God gave us some things to enjoy, in moderation, of course, but enjoy contentment. Uh, uh, number Next here, verse 8, enjoy comfort. Enjoy comfort. Verse 8, look at this. Let thy garments be always white. Even at weddings, wear white. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let thy garments be always white, and let thy head lack no ointment. What is that talking about? It, think of the climate they lived in. Desert, barren wasteland, things like that. Those two things helped with comfort of everyday life. Oil on the head, the white clothing to, to help keep them cool, but it, the oil relieved the irritations on their skin. And so, but it also, those two things also represent purity and joy. What's the opposite of white garments and ointment? Sackcloth and ashes. That's the opposite. 
So it's, as sackcloth and ashes are a picture of grief and a picture of, you know, sorrow, these are a picture of joy and comfort. So he's saying enjoy contentment, enjoy comfort when you can. Uh, you know, enjoy next year, number nine, uh, verse number nine, enjoy companionship. Look at verse nine. I love this verse. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest. That means of all the wives you have, the one you love the most, you enjoy living with that one, okay? No, that's not what it means. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life of thy vanity, of life on earth. Live, live joyfully. It doesn't say live painfully with the wife. Live fighting with the wife of thy... No, it says live joyfully. Enjoy the love that you get to experience on earth. Now, I, I do, it doesn't just talk, about, it, it especially talks about marital love here. Marital love. Now, why are you wasting time fighting with your spouse? You're wasting time when you could be living joyfully with your spouse. You only get to experience marital love like we have on earth, on earth. When you get to heaven, we are like the angels. There's no more marriages in heaven. No one's getting married. That's not the relationship. Yes, you'll know your spouse in heaven. Yes, I understand that. You'll, you'll know the, the same people that you knew here. You will know them in heaven. I understand that. But the relationship will be different. And so if you are married, enjoy the fact that you have that companion. Enjoy marital love. There is, and look, if you're not married, doesn't make you less than. Enjoy the love of family. Enjoy the love of friends. Now, there's a different love between a man and a wife and a man and his kids, or a mom and her, and her kids, or, or, or brothers and sisters, of course, we know that. And Solomon is saying, look, first of all, I think the marital love is what he's talking about, but secondly, enjoy just companionship. Write this in. Enjoy your spouse. Don't just endure your spouse. Well, you know the old ball and chain. What do you think you are? You're the spikes in the ball and chain, you know? Enjoy your spouse. Don't just endure why, why waste time fighting when you could be enjoying marriage like God intended? I would enjoy it if it wasn't for Ralph, if it wasn't for, you know, whatever. Let's just enjoy the life that God gave us, okay, and, and the companionship. Contentment, comfort, companionship. But then, verse 10, enjoy your calling. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. <laughs> hey, guess what? There it is again. You're going to die. You're going to the grave. But whatever God has given you to do, do it with your might. What's he saying? Work hard. What's God called you to do? God has called you to nail up drywall. Do it with your might. God has called you to make phone calls all day. You do it with your might. You slam that receiver down. You punch those buttons on there. Whatever God has called. If you're ringing up groceries, you throw them through there. You know, whatever you got to do, you do it with your might. Okay, all right. You know what I'm saying, right? But whatever God has given you, and whatever giftings God has given you, and he allows you to serve in the church, do it with your might. Do it. Enjoy life. Write this in. Our lives should be active, not passive. Active. Do something. Should I rest? Yes, you should rest. God gave us that example. Day seven. Rest. Yes. Should I take care of my body? Yes, you should take care of your body. If you don't take care of your body, uh, you won't be able to serve like you want to. But also, get to work. 
labor, serve God. Adam, in a perfect environment, had a job. Garden of Eden, he had a job. What do you think is going to happen in heaven? Can I fill you in? God's going to have a job for you. He's going to be a perfect boss, unlike the one you have now. But, uh, but he'll be a perfect boss. But uh, that, that's in heaven. There are certain things you can only do now. There are certain opportunities that you only have now. You won't have them in heaven. Heaven will be better in every way. But there are only certain opportunities now. And I want you to see here that Solomon says all of this. He prefaced it by speaking these things in faith. Would you write that in? In faith. That's what he started this whole passage with. For all this I considered in my heart even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. He's saying, look, I'm not going to look at life and say, okay, it's miserable. Life's just like all the other unsaved people. Why don't I just live like that? He's saying, no, I'm going to live by faith and believe that God wants me to enjoy life. Look, you may say, and I have one more blank on the sheet there. I'm not going to give it to you until I'm done. But uh, you may say, living for God comes with a price, so you've got to carry your cross. And I would say to you that living any way, any way on this earth carries a price. No matter how you live, there's a price to pay. Hey, look, you got to pay to get on the ride, folks. And, and, and this life, I'm telling you what, there is a price to pay. Look, if we all went to Disneyland tonight, which we're not going to do, but if we, no secret announcement coming, okay? But I will say, look, we all would pay the price to get in. We'd all pay a price to get in, but only some of us would enjoy it. Some of us would be riding Thunder Mountain at nighttime, living a great life, while the others of you will be sitting in the, in the shadows carrying the bags of all the ladies on the ride. Wishing that you were any place else on earth than right there. You know what? You can be the person in the shadows or you can be the person saying, life's not perfect, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff messed up and I wish it was different, but I'm going to enjoy life. I want to enjoy life. I'll end by just saying this, this story I read. A man by the name of Alexander Sanders who was once uh, upon a time the chief judge of the South Carolina Judge uh, Court of Appeals. Anyway, this guy named Alexander Sanders was speaking to the graduating class of the University of South Carolina in 1992. He had a daughter named Zoe, who was also in that graduating class that he was speaking to. And so he decided to tell a story about his daughter, Zoe, who, at the, who was graduating, but he said, back when Zoe was three, this happened. She had a turtle that died. And little Zoe cried about the turtle that died, and the wife went to the husband and said, you solved this. And so he duct taped it, and no, I'm just kidding, that's how every guy solves things, right? But uh, he went back and he said, okay, I'll, I'll try to solve this. So he went to his daughter and said, well, I'll get you another one. And that didn't help because she knew at three that you can't transfer personality to this one. Then he said, okay, we'll give him a funeral. And the little girl kept crying. Little Zoe kept crying. She didn't understand what a funeral was. He said, okay, uh, a funeral is like a, a festival in honor of the turtle that died. And she still didn't understand what a festival was. He says, okay, a funeral is like a birthday party. A funeral is like a birthday party. You know, there'll be ice cream. We'll get cake. This is a man trying to fix things. You know, just throw money at it. Throw food at it. And, uh, you know, there'll be cake. There'll be lemonade. There'll be balloons. And your friends will come over to play all because the turtle has died. And actually, the little girl kind of recovered a little bit and was stopping to cry, little Zoe, at three years of age. And miraculously, they look down, and the turtle starts moving. And this innocent three-year-old girl looks up at her daddy and says, Daddy, 
Let's kill it. Why? She wanted the party. You hear about a party with ice cream, and you're going, let's get rid of the turtle. Look, I, I, I say that. Look, life's not always a party. I get it. And I don't think you ought to live it that way. I think there are times to be serious about life. But when we look at death, it helps us enjoy life better. I'm not saying dwell on death every day. When you get up, spend 30 minutes thinking about how you're going to die. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, let's not pretend it's not there. Let's realize that we are on a timer, our life. And only God knows when that is. So let's live life and enjoy life, but make the most of the opportunities of life. So just the last questions here. Are you avoiding the topic of death? Or are you, are you taking life seriously? Are you taking advantage of the opportunities God has given you now? I hope you'll answer these questions. And then lastly, are you enjoying the life and blessings that God has given you? Your life, you may be suffering right now, but I guarantee you, you are blessed. If you'll look it over, you will realize that your blessings far outweigh the miserable parts of life. So let's look at our life differently about this. It helps us when we look a little bit at death. Father, thank you for 